Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pod save the queen. Hello and welcome back to Pod Save the Queen, the Daily Mirror's royal podcast. I'm your host Anne Gripper, and I am here in our new room. So see if you can hear the difference uh, with <laughs> my wonderful colleagues, uh, Russell Myers, our royal editor, and Amber Grafland, our style director. Hello. Hello. Um, well, we thought we'd let Russell back. Like, Amber and I had a lovely day out last yes. Thursday without you. I missed you. Oh, yeah, well, we missed you too. Actually, we didn't. We were too busy looking at the amazing <laughs> dresses. Oh, there you go. It's Valentine's Day as well. That's no harsh. love lost. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Russell. Well, I hope, I hope you've got Mrs. Myers something nice. I did. I put it in her bag before she went to work. Oh, so oh very cute. Well I'm yet to receive mine, so. Oh, well. Yeah, I'm not sure this is going to be Or even a text about the card, so maybe oh, she... She didn't hope, find it. No, <laughs> she found wasn't it. bothered. Oh, there we go. But it's... Um, it's been a busy, a busy day. A busy day, busy, busy yesterday, week. busy week. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't know whether we're coming or going at the moment. The, the days are disappearing. I mean, the royals are out in force doing an awful lot of engagements. Yeah, we, we sort of touched on it a little bit last week that there seemed to be more happening. And then this week it seems to be even more. And I was thinking about it. And it's like, actually, when we started doing this last year, Kate was pregnant and yep. then was on maternity leave so she did a few engagements and but actually at that stage everyone was just excited about the wedding so yeah. we probably weren't that focused on what Kate was up to and Megan it was wasn't of, really work, was wasn't working Megan wasn't working um and Harry I guess wasn't working quite as much he was the probably, Duke was retired so he probably wasn't doing anything yeah, he's probably so, driving along public roads without crashing they were, into people <laughs> who, and so he's found out today he is not going to face yeah, any charges yeah breaking news he's not going to face charges as predicted as I had predicted or week. everyone had predicted when to he, be honest I'm not going to claim that when he handed in one, his driving sure. licence so that's good but um, you know the We've seen, we've basically seen pretty much everybody this week. We're not going to be able to talk about all of all the engagements. Of them, no. We're probably going to just pick some highlights. We will be talking about some pretty stonking dresses. It's been a good week. It's dresses, been an excellent sure. week at the end of the week. And it's interesting looking at these dresses and thinking, oh, I wonder whether these are the ones that, that are going to end up in an exhibition one day when they do a retrospective of Kate's outfits or Megan's outfits or even like, you know, Megan the early years or Kate the early years when they're to celebrate their, I don't know, 50th birthday or something. Because I would go see those dresses. They are fabulous. Anyway, we'll talk more about... Will so we I- still be doing Pod Save the Queen? <laughs> oh, well, Who I hope knows? so. <laughs> Who knows? We'll be onto like our 18th different studio by then. You'll be wheeling us in here. I know, yeah. As long as we all end up in the same old people's house. Yes, exactly. We'll be fine. We can just sit and chin wag about the I used to know the the Queen, you know. Yeah, of course you did, mate. Yeah. (laughs) 
bit of so we're going to save the dresses for a bit later because there's the engagements to get through and some some news as well some sort of trickier trickier moments which we will be covering but if all you want's the fashion skip to the end yes. we won't we won't no, don't. we won't, I, judge, no, we won't no. judge you you won't hear so much from russell but that's that's fine you know you get a good mix well you can ask me us. my fashion advice and tips you know I'm, okay i'm learning as we go along so we'll start with today because today yeah. has been brilliant there's been so many different things going, going on. on so the queen is at bletchley park home of the code breakers the enigma machine story, from yeah. um from what you know basically helped win world war Two, and there's lovely pictures of her meeting some of the relatively elderly ladies now who had, had connections there and worked there you know back in the day and helped break these codes and also i mean i'm not even going to attempt this i don't even know what's going on but if you look on the royal twitter feed there is um a mess like there's a plaque coded with message two yeah. secret messages in it yeah we, we are covering it online as well to see if you can crack the code I mean, if I had to guess, it would probably say like opened by the Queen on fourteen on I Valentine's mean, I Day. I can't even do but, Sudoku. Sudoku. Sudoku? So <laughs> I can't I even say it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> but I can't work out how to do that, so I'm not. I'm not going to go there. But um, so we saw William out this morning doing um, some more mental health yep. related. Um, uh, yeah, there were two things. He was at a barber shop, uh, joking about his own barnet or lack of, saying oh, that yeah. he just needed a, a, a razor to be taken to it these days. Um, I do. I mean, I love doing jobs with him. He's, you know, he's pretty funny, and he takes the mick out of himself. So uh, he did. He was at a barber shop, and then he went to a future dads meeting with a load of expectant fathers, where these guys are sort of turned life skills of how to help your partner, changing nappies, feeding a baby, looking out for your own mental health. Because one in ten. New dads suffers from postnatal depression, oh, I which I didn't know. No, yeah, you know, uh, and I think that you know, quite rightly so, the focus is always, uh, mostly on the mother. And so William was speaking about his, you know, as guys, we don't really know what to do a lot of the time if you have children and you sort of, you know, a bit of a spare part. And it's about trying to bring um, your knowledge together with your partner when you have a kid. It would be remiss of me not to plug our first time dad's podcast yes, it's not absolutely. it's not with the three of us yeah. it's with our wonderful colleagues rich innes and steve miles uh, they're currently on that sort of on a break because steve is on parental he's leave on parental for his, leave yeah for his second little baby but they've got various episodes including one i think about um you know postnatal depression both from a female mm. and a male perspective so that's interesting and then we saw also earlier this week william becoming um patron of the passage homeless charity yeah this is this was brilliant as well as the daily mirror has been leading the way in coverage of the issue of homelessness in britain today uh you know we had a huge series um which was welcomed in all quarters and then you know, we've seen William uh, taking on the mantle of uh, another patronage for a homeless charity. He is a patron of Centrepoint in London. He's obviously, he slept rough himself overnight in about 10 years ago now. Not because he didn't have anywhere to go no, to, but to raise awareness no. of the situation. Yeah. But the the thing that struck me actually was this bar, this barbershop that he went to this morning. The, the barbers have been specially trained in kind of identifying or noticing when people have maybe got some issues and saying about how you know people relax when they get into the barber seat and they have a chat I mean I hate sitting in the hairdressers and having a conversation with somebody I don't know but but a lot of you know a lot of people do chat and it is an opportunity to talk to a stranger who maybe doesn't isn't isn't great and one of the one of the things that featured in our homelessness series 
we had a load of reporters out in different um, towns around the country and there was a woman who was a, vol- a volunteer in this homeless centre and gave people a haircut and she sort of said, you know, I always make a point of using their name. Like, how often do these people get called by their name? Yeah. And it's actually quite an intimate experience being in that chair. And, like, I'd never, I'd never thought about it like that. And I just thought, actually, what a lovely way to... Um, do something nice for homeless people but also then thinking about it applying to the mental health thing as well it's like actually and how that that changes your psyche as well if you have a a haircut you know then that can lead on to you changing your own uh, perspective on life I suppose and so yeah it was um it's I thought I think it was a great charity the the lion's barbers who, who are behind that yes um so he's kind of he's been around and about in London today. Harry's been slightly more further afield. Yes. He's been playing in the snow. I know. He had a flying visit to Norway to see the Royal Marines who are taking part in this sort of cold weather training. It was a mirror exclusive at the time. Um, and we revealed that Harry was going to go over there. He's commander general of the Royal Marines, and they are doing this sort of uh, cold weather training, but it's the biggest in 20 years. It's um, sort of preparing for any offensive from our Russian neighbours that might be happening. And so he went over on a private plane today. He's on his way back already, so all this whole thing about poor Megan would be on her own for Valentine's Day. I think he's going to get home, well, probably just in time for tea, so... Excellent. Yeah. But the uh, the um, the people that he was visiting were quite cute. So they decorated the igloo with pictures from the wedding, <laughs> yeah, there were little candles, yeah. <laughs> and it was just like... <laughs> yeah, without, without him knowing about it, so he was, you know, red-faced in the Arctic, it was quite funny, and he, he said, oh, God, you weirdos, what have you done? <laughs> So he obviously loves being in that sort of mould. He was, you know, we know he was in the army for a decade, and he feels very, he looked very, very comfortable being amongst the chaps once again. And and even spoke about how he missed the brotherhood of it all. So, you know, I, I mean, that's the sort of times when I feel a bit sorry for him, really, because you know, if you really felt at home in something and it was suddenly taken away from him, and you've got sort of to do this life of duty, then. Um, you know, I'm sure he does miss it. Um, it's interesting because obviously last week we were kind of complaining that there weren't enough speeches going on from, um, particularly from the Duchesses actually, yes. and they have they have both been speaking this week. But on some of these engagements, when they do talk as kind of as people, well, as well as much as as royals, you do get these nice sort of little interesting nuggets and signs of their personality. Definitely, and- yeah. I mean, so so twice this week. Maybe they're listening to Pod Save the Queen because I, I had so. been saying it about how, you know, what is the point of having a platform like this if you're not going to go out and really use it? And I know we've said like the sort of the Fab Four-esque have, you know, using this platform that they do have for good. But Kate really surprised me this week. She came out and she was talking, you know, she's very invested in children's early development, children's mental health. And she went to a conference yesterday, which was mental health and education, meeting loads of you know uh, delegates and professionals, um, people in the education world. And at the end of it, she said she wasn't going to make a speech, but she was frantically scribbling throughout the whole sort of two or three hours she was there. And she got up and made a speech, and it was so wonderful. It wasn't prepared. It she wasn't prepared. So and I, I can tell you that because I was sitting behind her and I saw her scribbling away. And we went into a bit of a round table, and she was asking really decent questions. And being quite exposed because she said, um, you know, when I had my children, I was pretty naive 
thinking about how their early years development is really important for their later years mental health. So it's these two aspects of her... What, that she hadn't twigged that it that would she, be so important? That she hadn't twigged that it would be so important. And, and, you know, as a parent, and it fits into what William was doing today, about, you know, there's no real guidance necessarily unless you're... I say you, you can learn on the job, I suppose, but... You do really need to be invested in the early years of a child's development. And then she got up and said, you know, I've been doing lots of things for the last eight years, meeting homeless, uh, homelessness charities, people in mental health, people in education. And it's really um, hit me hard about how you know, social well-being in the early years of a child's life has huge knock-on effects for them in later years. And I'm sure all professionals in that field would agree with her. But, you know, fair play, great on her to actually get out there and say, this is what I'm experiencing and this is what I want to use my platform to be a force for good. Maybe that explains why it was quite a personal speech because she did kind of ad-lib it, really. She, she just did. made notes yeah. and she got off and she spoke from the heart. Yeah, so I yeah, didn't yeah. Know yeah. I think that's very, that's a hard Which thing Which in my experience, you know, that's the first time I've seen her do it. And I know I've been speaking to a lot of, um, you know, Royal Correspondent colleagues who have said, you know, sometimes she's a little bit nervous, she's a little bit shy, but I think she, def- well, she definitely found a voice yesterday and it was really welcomed and it was all, when she left, it was all everyone was talking about afterwards mm. and we're talking about it now, so. Yeah. And I, that is a, I mean, that is a difficult thing to do. If you're not a confident public speaker, sure. or even, like even if you are, you you would tend to practice it and you know Even plot it plot it out read it over or have a you know sort of a reasonably clear idea about what you want to say and how long it might you know judging how long something is going to last it can also be quite difficult and i mean i i would i would imagine normally they have you know one of their um well, their, one of their staff exactly would so i did say to one them. of the, the aides yesterday i said so i can just ask you know was it we were told there was going to be no speech at the end and um, I mean, he was as shocked as as I was. So he said, "No, she wrote it." And I had seen a scribbling down on this piece of paper that she took up to the lectern. So, yeah, we speak about how great Megan is and very polished, and you know, she comes from background of public speaking or you know acting. Um, and so maybe some of that is rubbing off. Who but, knows? And I guess clearly it is a it is an area that Kate has been engaged with heavily Mm. over the over her time so maybe actually she's feeling okay i do this is the thing that i do know and want to know and want to show that i care about it and want to show that i have an understanding of it and actually i do feel like i've got something to say say. yeah definitely and if you you know if she is passionate about it then get up and speak about it because that's the only way people are going to sit up and listen if you're the one saying what needs to be done and it's all well and good having these conferences and turning up and shaking hands and listening intently. But I really got a feeling yesterday um, that she's 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 learning. She's getting a grip of things. She's very passionate about this um, this aspect of her work. And, you know, she's got three kids. So she's pretty invested in it about their well-being and their mental health. And she probably... I mean, she's great with little, little ones anyway, but, you know, I, th- I was really impressed yesterday. Anyway. Maybe it's the way forward as well. If, you, if you're just doing it on the day, you don't have to get all nervous about, yeah. Yeah, about doing yeah, it. Yeah, just get up and do it. She was great. She was really good yesterday. I was impressed. Um, 
I'm going to make a terrible segue gag now because if oh. Kate is finding her wings as a public speaker. Boom, boom. Boom, boom. We have to talk about that amazing picture yeah, of so. Camilla up in Liverpool standing in front of the sculpture of um, the live angel, I think it was, wasn't it? The, so the wings of the live Wings birds. of the live birds, which sort of been graffitied very tastefully onto a wall in Liverpool. Um, so it's the emblem lost. of the city. Yeah. And um, so she stood in the middle of it and it was these amazing, huge sort of 10 foot turquoise wings. And she, I mean, it's great. I think it was a PA photographer took it. So shout out to them. But she's fantastic having a bit of a giggle about herself and obviously knew what she was doing. It's not just caught out. It was fun. It was a fantastic image. If you haven't seen it, go and check it out on Twitter or on our website, probably. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, it is amazing. You have to see it. And I hear um, I hear she has a taxi story to tell as yes. well. So, again, one of the 57 engagements that were launched today, uh, not quite literally, but Camilla was at a charity event for the London Black Cab Drivers, the iconic vehicle around London, and she she told an amazing story about... So the old adage is, you never guess who I've got in the back of my cab. <laughs> well, she said, and it was probably at the height of sort of her personal troubles, her own divorce and you know, getting with uh, Prince Charles. But she said that she was being driven around in a cab and the black cab driver didn't realise who she was and actually said, what do you think of that Camilla then, love? <laughs> <laughs> so just absolute genius. Oh, she said, oh, I did chuckle. I found it hilarious. I love black cab drivers and I gave him an awfully large tip at the end of it. So again... <laughs> Yeah, I haven't done too many jobs with her, but anyone who ever does, and whenever I've met her, she's a fantastic, great value. Always very polite and always good for a giggle. I wonder what she replied. Like, (laughs) oh, she? No, I think she just sat back and just enjoyed. Let let him let him spout forth because cabbies tend not to be short of an opinion about life. Brilliant. Um, So. Megan also yeah. um again had, she's, would it be she's, another week if we didn't have a Markle debacle <laughs> to talk about but well, she's had some good moments as well we yeah, saw that her speech we saw at the her Endeavor speak. Awards did we cover that last week no because we'd been saying we would like her to be speaking yes. and then I was like oh your wish is granted my wish was granted Russell. see uh so this was the Endeavor Awards um in a nutshell it is an awards ceremony for servicemen and women who have gone on to do great things in sport and Harry and Meghan were there looking f- fantastic as usual and um, they both did a speech but her speech was fantastic she was talking about the ripple effect of you know you guys getting out and doing things and it gives this ripple effect of um, other people watching and learning from people who are achieving great things Anyway, so um, that yeah. got, that got picked up. You don't up. have that ripple effect, and that that each it. of you is brave enough to make that first wave. Yeah, I mean, some people were taking the mick out of it, but I thought it was pretty pretty cool actually, because it was you know it, it you know what it means. It is a bit corny, but it it gets to the nub of what she's talking about. And I think I I don't know. It feels like that is her that is her character. She you know she has yeah. she has grown up in California with and been part of Hollywood and you know all the all the glitz and what have you and. It is a, it is a different language, and you can't you're not going to suddenly transform into it is, some kind it of is like very American, isn't it? You know the whole I think we said this before, the whole good job thing, and but it's it's pretty cool. I think she she wears it well. She does wear it well. She wore she wore the uh, Givenchy skirt with a little side split and a very uh, crisp white shirt, She's looking very pregnant. It was a I mean, recycled shirt. Have we seen the shirt before? <laughs> I, she definitely wore a white shirt. I don't think it was recycled. But... <sighs> 
I mean, for a maternity outfit, that was pretty good. Pretty chic. Yeah, pretty I mean, chic. there is sort of, it's kind of a roots that people take with maternity wear and obviously she'd be doing the clingy dresses that kind of accommodate the bump and she's had a bit of a look but this was very different and I actually haven't seen anyone kind of managing to do a maternity skirt and looking really good in it like that I thought she looked amazing um so I was in the office last Saturday um and England were playing in the rugby and we'd kind of said oh maybe maybe this time Megan will go to the rugby she's still not been to the rugby and I like Harry clearly loves going to the rugby we've seen Kate and William at the rugby over the years and, and what have you but Megan Megan is biding her time to make her debut at Twickenham <laughs> well maybe she wants and to I, take the little one maybe she does want to take the little one anyway so I was like oh well that's a shame um and then I mean that was by no means the biggest disaster of the weekend really let's face it because and I'd also been thinking last week oh god we're about Thomas Markle's <laughs> about to pop his head above Gosh. the pack when are we when is he going to pop his head up again it might not be until maybe it'll, it'll be around the baby won't it sorry i should have given people a warning that we were about to talk about the thing that probably winds up more people than anybody else but you and... can't ignore it i mean this is the you know the whole concept of you know a lot of criticism that is labeled at either the british press or royal correspondence and that we've you know given oxygen to a certain sector um, that perhaps should probably crawl under a stone and, and go away. However, it's it's news and it adds to the debate. And I think, you know, not to interject, but, you know, no, when... when you know, So if um, certain reports are to be believed, and as you know, I understand it, that Meghan did give the OK for five friends to deliver a very large puff piece in for people magazine about how sort of amazing she is and how she's been attacked and how she felt very vulnerable um and this was and sort how of importantly over... she got some sorbet for the kensington palace very star, much which so. i know is yes. a favorite we'll give a shout out to who said it was the best day at work ever that she sort of bestowed this sorbet truck uh, of ice creams for, for, for the benefit of the listeners amber is making a very confused face <laughs> i mean i was very what? confused about it as well so this um, piece in people magazine which was fantastic by the way and it was five anonymous friends of megan's who had given a glowing report of how wonderful she is and i listen i'm sure she is a very nice person she's always perfectly polite on jobs and she was amazing on the tours and there is this unfortunate thorn in the side of her father and the extended family. And it's just part of the soap opera of life at the moment. And um, so so after this piece appeared and one of the friends had said, well, revealed that Meghan had actually written Thomas a letter after the wedding and appealed to him to leave her alone and leave Harry alone to stop attacking them. Now, this was completely at odds with what Thomas Markle has publicly said in several TV interviews. And then it transpired that he released a letter 24 hours or you know, a couple of days later. And it was published in a British, British newspaper. And I don't think it did him any favours because he released this letter that Meghan is clearly appealing for him, you know, to stop giving these hurtful interviews, making these comments. And then he spun it on the other way and said, no, I'm the one being attacked. I thought it would be an olive branch. And he looked pretty ridiculous. So now there is an argument to say that this will be the final nail in the coffin. But how many times have we said that? I think we've been here before. And if Thomas has got something to say, and this letter was five pages long and we only saw certain extracts of it. So 
you know, we might be seeing some more of it, depending on what it said, depending on if it suits him. And I guess it's not even, you know, it's not, it's kind of the final, not the final straw and the last thing we're going to see of Thomas Markle. It's probably more like the final straw for their relationship. Oh, like it's how dead. Do you, how I mean, do you it's bring so it back desperate, from this? Right? It's and it's so... sad. I say, I've stopped reading it because I find it just too tragic. You know, he shouldn't be saying these things. No. It's just heartbreak. And as you say, every time we think he's gone away, he comes back. It's just, I can't read it anymore. How, I mean, how many more times now? I mean, it's, you know, I, I've, I've followed it the whole way through. I get that it was part of the story, um, but it does seem as though she's made, she's put herself out there pretty clearly. We didn't know anything about this letter. Um, and now that it's been released, I think it's it's there in black and white, isn't it, that... And he's, I, he's he's using it to his um, cruel advantage. And you can only imagine, like there must be people at Kensington Palace and Meghan and Harry just saying, oh, you know, if if we'd Again, done if we'd yeah. done that thing differently that time, or if we'd done, you know, how would it have made a difference or not, or would it would it still be such a would it still be such a mess? So that was. But listen, they they're going out. They're still they're still doing engagements. They're still looking great. And I mean, it, did, it has I, felt like there's been kind of a proper um, offensive you know, PR offensive is how I would say that they're everyone sort of on mass going yeah. out and being on a united front. Certainly, them too. Well, well, she certainly ever, looks incredible, and she looks like someone who's enjoying her pregnancy. So I really hope that this is not affecting it, and that she does feel as good as she looks. Well, let's hope so. Mm. Um, right, I think we have to talk about the dresses now because obviously there's been all of this kind of. Um, Unpleasant unpleasantness all across the papers. And then Kate walks out at the BAFTAs wearing the most incredible McQueen gown you've ever seen. And then, well, apart, no, actually more incredible than her wedding dress, I think. I've I've much, say, I much I preferred it. I was in it. the office and I was working, covering the, the, all the outfits. And I was very excited about the BAFTAs because I think people have played it safe for a long time. And there were some really amazing dresses. And I was kind of, you know, as a fashion journalist, you don't want people wearing boring dresses. It was, it was exciting. And then I thought I was done. And then, oh my God, I saw a picture of her. And she looked absolutely incredible. So when I was sort of first glancing on it over the, turning the pages over in the paper, I thought, oh, it's Kate, Kate Beckinsale. Because she, she kind of had that same poise and stature of of Hollywood and kind of you know dark hair nicely put up and and an incredible figure but it's like oh, this is Kate and there's the amazing like the one shoulder it was a kind of a Grecian goddess dress yeah. really wasn't it but more um fairy light doesn't do justice to it but like kind of float that floating sh- you know the the movement in the, the skirt fabric, it was the way it moved it just it, the fit on her was absolutely sublime i mean she she looked radiant everything about that came together that night ethereal that is the word she that i am look looking ethereal. for yeah and then there was there was kind of like they had that sort of slightly awkward walk into the theater there's no there was no music so it was just <laughs> having the long work i and found then... that so bizarre and i mentioned this yesterday what on earth i don't know if that is not the norm uh, they walked into the theater well, i guess you can't play god save the queen because they're not the queen and that would be a bit weird but why but... not just clap I mean, <laughs> just do something. It was so awkward, wasn't it? And then they yeah, that's the kind of said, let's just sit down quickly. Silence, and, and then yeah, the li- very. The long. It makes it seem thing. very long. When but it's that so happened silent. in um, Harry and Meghan went to a performance of Wider Earth, this Charles Darwin oh, performance yeah. thing, which we hadn't mentioned. But just very briefly, they went and saw this amazing performance with sort of jar- giant animatronic tortoises and stuff. 
And they did the same thing. They walked into the theatre and the Natural History Museum and it was dead silent. You could just hear them clunking up the stairs. I mean, it was very, very weird. It's a good thing these ladies can work in proper heels. Like if it was me, it would sound like an elephant arriving. Clunk, clunk, clunk. Um, But Kate wasn't done for the week. Oh no, that was just the beginning. That was just the beginning. And she came out with an absolute, another corker, Gucci. She wore, well, should we do Chanel first, the tweed suit? Oh, we can do the, I mean, I, I'm just taking, I just like pretty dresses. I, I, tell me about the tweed suit, Amber. Okay, so we know that Kate loves a bit of tweed. She's mm. been rocking it out for, um, you know, since, since she's been in the public eye. Um, she's worn Chanel before, but I have to say, for, for the jury was out for a while. No one knew whether it was Chanel or not, but it was custom made for her. Because what was unusual about it was that Chanel don't usually do that kind of the flippy hemline that she likes. You know, she likes the skirt to kind of go out quite elegantly and then sit just above her knee. But it was custom made for her. So Chanel's another go-to. I mean, how nice would that be to be able to say that Chanel's one of your go-to? <laughs> but she did look incredible. It really suits her. She looked really confident. So business-like. Yeah, business-like. But it had a kind of, because of the hemline, it's kind of had a feminine edge to it. I just think she looked really, really confident. Um, yeah, business-like, but still kind of with a bit of bit of an Classy. edge. Classy. Yeah. Very, I mean, listen, that's the whole thing about Chanel. It doesn't. It, it's all about being super chic, and she did look really, really fantastic. Um, but then so she wasn't done. She, she wasn't done. She wasn't done. The dress that I was getting all excited about was um, the dress for the Hundred Women in Finance event, which I was trying to work out how to describe the colour. Is it a dusky pink? I've described it as dusky pink but it kind of depended on how it was photographed because some of the kind of chiffon panels that kind of worked through to the hemline at the front were kind of an off-white and then some of them were pink and because as they kind of overlaid each other some areas looked darker than others. So it built so up yeah. layers of colours. Yeah. So kind of a sort of an off-the-shoulder um you know, it's just uh, dramatic. Like mm. it was, you know, that dress would have looked perfectly fine on a red carpet as well, you know. Yeah, it was very eye-catching and it, the neckline was unusual. There was lots to kind of draw your attention. Again, I just think she has had a fantastic week and she's just looking really, really confident. And maybe the speech has got something to do with it. She's, I think she's feeling empowered. Brilliant. Huh. I learned something. What did I you learn, to... Russell? <laughs> share um, share with the class. <laughs> share Stop with the, the press. <laughs> um, uh, well, how do I pronounce this word? Boucle. 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 So tweed is known in France See, as boucle. I filed this in my copy yesterday. Boucle. Yeah. I did actually write a whole feature on tweed. Around Kate. <laughs> you want to look at the mirror website. The need for and tweed. I do explain that actually tweed originated in Scotland and then Coco Chanel in the 20s was inspired by the kind of hunting, shooting See? set, if you like, and menswear, because we know that Coco Chanel took a lot of inspiration from menswear. I could go on for hours. I mean, <laughs> so you I'm might trying need to round this up moment. now. And then she started to kind of combine silks and tweeds, right. and sort of silk into the tweed, mm-hmm. obviously to make it more of a lightweight fabric. And then she came up with the iconic Chanel jacket that we all kind of know. Jackie, Jackie O wore it. And it's that kind of, it's the, the iconic Chanel piece. And obviously now... Kate's wearing it. Having described Amber's confused face earlier, I must now describe the kind of the light that is in her eyes and the excitement. That's Please, just, please read swapped. my piece. We've it's swapped. all there. Yeah. And then, a that's detail. a much better description of, of checked tweed skirt suits that I had originally. But yeah. And we, we have seen Kate and Gucci before last year and that was one of Amber's favourite outfits favorite last looks. year. It was a little um, kind of cap sleeve tweed dress and it had a red trim and then it had the kind of trademark Gucci pearl buttons that they used through their collections that season. Um, again, I just think she, it really suits her. And I think, I think you can see when Kate knows she's wearing a winner. She just looks really confident and happy. 
I will let you get back to the uh, the uh, crazy life of covering the royals at the moment Absolutely. and covering fashion of the royals and other people. And but thanks everybody um, who has joined us for listening this week. We will be back very soon. Um, do subscribe to make sure you catch up with all of the latest and do catch up with the two from last week if you haven't had a chance because they were both crackers. But until next time, Pod save the queen. 